Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, May 24th. Advice to Women Seeking Balance As you progress spiritually, your feminine nature will become balanced by masculine characteristics. You will find yourself becoming more affirmative, less personal, firmer in your step, more outwardly expressive as your energy becomes centered more at the point between the eyebrows. Your every gesture, then, will be more decisive. There was a point in the history of Ananda, the first decade, the first decade, the community was strongly monastic. We were just following more or less the traditional um, sp- way that spiritual communities develop. And uh, there were a lot of people. We had formal monasteries, one for men, one for women. And uh, uh, the majority, let me phrase it differently, a lot of people in the community, and the, the only community was Ananda village, took up the formal lifestyle of a monk or a nun. We had some married couples, but it was it was not the heart of the community. The heart were monks and nuns. This was not really what the plan, what what God's plan for Ananda was. Ananda was intended to be a, a, a spiritual community where householders, couples, families, single people, not just a traditional monastery. That just wasn't what we felt um, we were incarnated to do or what Swami felt he was incarnated to do for Master. So there was a certain point around the early 80s when Swamiji himself got married. He stopped being a monk. And many of the monks and nuns in the community also left that lifestyle and not surprisingly formed marriages with each other because we were the ones who had the most in common with one another. Now prior to that, um, it, it, was, it was a characteristic, a, an easily discernible characteristic that the, the women of Ananda... Um, you know, the nuns and just women of Ananda in general, but especially the group that were the nuns, were an extremely strong, very yang-oriented group of women. Formidable is the actual word. We were a group and we often, we often moved, we walked over the hill in the morning to the main community area from our living area. And you, you could just actually feel, and people would comment, you could feel the force of that group of women coming over the hill. And it was not a yin vibration, it was a very yang vibration. And correspondingly, the men of Ananda were and are an exceptionally um, wonderful group of men, and not at all machismo in that um, awful sort of way. You know, they were men who were extremely comfortable in their masculinity as a group, and had no, no problem being gentle, no problem being soft, no problem being sensitive. But the joke was that after everything at Ananda shifted, and there were many more couples in the community, that the, the yin-yang blend really began to happen. And the joke was the women became much softer and the men became much stronger. <laughs> that it had all just, everything started amalgaming together, and everybody got more into a, a point of balance. Now, it was a joke, but there was a certain amount of truth in it, that, that when you choose the spiritual path, you're really choosing to, to repudiate 
all of these superficial ways of being and to concentrate very deeply on becoming completely yourself and, and whole in God. Uh, Swamiji has often remarked that children, um, he's, as he put it, sometimes play at being children because it's a nice break. You know, you, 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 you're born as a child, your parents feed you, they take you around. I mean, not everybody's child is idyllic, but let's say childhood is idyllic, but let's just speak in the ideal. You just, you're, you're completely, you just get to play. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to work. You don't have to earn money. You don't have to worry about the politics of the world. You just, you get to be literally a child. Um, one of my friends, she was trying hard to teach her. It was her second child. She, it was time to potty train him, and she was working hard to potty train him, and he was not cooperating. And she said to him, because it had been a winning strategy with her first child, she said, don't you want to be a big boy? And he looked at her absolutely incredulous. No, mommy, I love being a baby. <laughs> just like that. And she thought, oh, I think that I need to just back off on this and wait. So she waited a little while until he got tired of being a baby. But he loved being a baby. And he did. He just loved being taken care of. He loved having no responsibilities. He loved just living in a fantasy world. He just wasn't, he wasn't anxious to grow up. Swamiji remarked also, he grew up in uh, Romania. His parents are American, were American. They were both born in Oklahoma. But his father was an oil geologist at the time when oil was just being discovered and developed all around the world. And he worked, um, I believe, what was for Standard Oil at that time, became SO later on. And he, he was out in the oil fields of Romania where there was enormous rich deposits of oil, and he was there helping to develop it. It was a very exciting pioneer time for that kind of expansion. And so Swami grew up in what was actually a very small colony within Romania of English and American employees of this international company. Uh, because of the way Swami's parents were, they did not, they weren't, um, they weren't isolated from the culture. His parents had many Romanian friends. Swamiji moved through Romania. It wasn't like uh, he felt like a, he was in a hostile environment in a hothouse. But nonetheless, he, he associated with a small group of families, English-speaking families, and for the most part, they had a very harmonious culture, but that at a certain point, other American families moved in, and the children were either a little older or of a different type. And he said they were so keen to be considered grown-up. You know, they just were always swaggering around, Swami said, about these little boys who were 10, swaggering around, you know, trying to be hotshot men like their fathers, and Swami just was so bewildered by it. He said, why not just be children? <laughs> what is so attractive about, you know, trying to be like big grown-up men? Let us enjoy childhood. Swami consciously thought, let us just enjoy childhood. Not that Swami wasn't a deep thinker because he was a deep thinker from the day he was born. But why not just enjoy childhood? It's a wonderful free period that's given to us. But then there's a certain point at which we have to assume responsibility for who we are, for what we're trying to be, and, and, to come, and to try to understand what life is more deeply about. And, you know, the, the feminine, the yin, the yin energy has certain capabilities, but there's also a myth that goes along 
with being yin, which is a myth of weakness and dependency. And, and society itself has mistakenly cultivated that myth to the absolute aggravation of people who are in a yin form for whom that simply didn't fit. You know, and, and history is rife with examples of either outright abuse or absolutely totally thwarted potential by uh, individuals in a yin form who were more capable of the yang expression than many of the, uh, the yang forms around them, the men forms around them. So as we get into the spiritual path and we try to withdraw from all of these superficial identifications, we try to ask ourselves, who am I really and what is asked of me? In, in the way that this has developed in my own life and the way I've come to understand it. And it's, it is a little bit about yin and yang balance, but it's about everything that holds us back. At a certain point, I began to understand that the purpose of my life was to be serviceful, was to be helpful. I, I wanted to live on this planet in such a way that my presence was beneficial. And that was it was beneficial to as wide a circle as it was possible for me to be beneficial to. And I don't, and that wasn't because of any egoic idea that I had something great to offer. It was because it's the nature of joy to want to share itself. It's that the more we can expand our identity to include the welfare of everyone, the happier we are. I, I came to the realization that what, what was really causing me grief in my human life was this extraordinary sense of limitation and confinement. And that limitation and confinement began with my egoic identification with a limited um, self-definition. And that self-definition, you know, the body that I'm living in is the first egoic self-definition that we work with. You know, the body has a specific discernible gender it has a, a parentage, it has a culture, it has a language, it has talents or disinclinations, it has likes and dislikes, you know, it, it has weight and mass. It just has all these characteristics which I begin to think of are actually me. And when I speak of I or when I name my name, what conjures up is all these limited characteristics. But as I got deeper, have gotten deeper into what is, what is real, what is enduring, I realized that this, all this egoic identification is entirely based on material reality, which is utterly ephemeral. That I, I existed before I inhabited this body, and on the day I exhale and this body ceases to be my habitat, it will, it, it will no more define me than the clothes I'm wearing. While I'm wearing this particular dress, I am defined by the dress I'm wearing. But no one would say that the dress I'm wearing is who I am. And the relationship to the body and all of these self-definitions, if you stop and think about it, they all start with the body that we inhabit, these limited self-definitions. But my consciousness is unlimited. And so one begins the process of moving from the periphery, per periphery of self-definition, which is the body I happen to be ha inhabiting at this period of time. I mean, even the chronological age of it. This body was nine years old at one point. It was 28 years old at one point. It's over 70 at this point. 
but how, I mean, which one of them is me? They've all been me, and this age that I am now will soon not be the age that I am now. And none of it defines me. So we begin to move, you know, deeper and deeper to the origin point, and we begin to elevate our awareness from this extremely transitory reality into what am I in truth? Who am I in reality? What is lastingly real and what is superficial? And as we do this, you know, the the gender characteristics, regardless of the body, gender characteristics become less and less important. And what I was saying is when I decided I really wanted to be serviceful to the world, I began to realize that if I just say, well, I'm weak in this way and I have to be like this and this is what I have to have, then anytime God needs somebody who's not like that, he can't use me. And if somebody in front of me needs a yang characteristic, but I've spent so much time developing my yin, then all of a sudden I can't be useful anymore. And it's the, it was, has been the, uh, the aspiration to be a pure, free instrument of God in whatever way is needed has, has driven me deeper and deeper into my origin point to overcome all of these limiting conditions. And if I'm in a yin form and what I need is more yang energy, then let me work to develop it. If I'm in a yang form and what I need is more yin energy, let me work to develop it. Because then, in the moment, whatever is needed, you know, if a courageous, bold, willing to stand up for truth is needed, I'll have practiced. And if a soft, sympathetic, comfort the child is needed, then I'll practice. And the closer we get to our origin point, the more all of these realities merge into our true self. So Swamiji says, Advice to women seeking balance. As you progress spiritually, your feminine nature will become balanced by masculine characteristics. I want to say here, not overbalanced by masculine characteristics, but just simply balanced. Yin-yang in balance. As you progress spiritually, your feminine nature will become balanced by masculine characteristics. You will find yourself becoming more affirmative, less personal, firmer in your step, more outwardly expressive as your energy becomes centered more at the point between the eyebrows. Your every gesture then will become more decisive. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.